Buying a business is not as difficult as you think, and there are too many myths out there that only millionaires can buy them. Anybody can buy an existing profitable business without prior experience, and many times without using their own money. Arturo has started, bought, and sold over 55-plus businesses across 18 industries. He has coached thousands of individuals, corporate employees, service employees, freelancers, real estate investors, retirees, homemakers, and many others in buying businesses and transforming their lives. And you can too. And to help get you started, here's your host, Arturo Henriquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. We're going to be talking about addbacks. So what are addbacks? Now, this is a controversial topic for anybody who's selling a business or buying a business or listing a business because addbacks can be gray zones, right, where both the buyer and the seller may not completely agree upon. And basically what addbacks are is the profit plus addbacks, so expenses that are added back to the profit to get what's called owner's benefit or seller's discretionary earnings. And if you think about it conceptually, um, in a small business, and, and let me qualify this by saying we're going to be looking uh, at addbacks as it pertains to businesses that are $10 million or less. Because as you start seeing bigger and bigger companies, larger companies, there are more teams and more functions are spread among more people. So ad backs become less and less important with $10 million businesses and above. So with smaller businesses, generally $10 million or less, you're going to be coming across the concept of seller's discretionary earnings. And what that is, is ultimately, what is the seller benefiting from this business? There are expenses that are at the discretion of the owner. The seller can use those expenses however they want, hence the discretionary term. Now, we're going to dive into a few things here. Ultimately, when you think about your ad backs, the buyer needs to operate the business the same way the seller operated the business. Ad backs are expenses that are going through the business but when the business is sold, you will not need to have to pay those expenses because they are non-business related expenses. That's what essentially an ad back is. It's a non-business related expense. So the business does not need to be paying those expenses, whatever they may be, or it to run in its natural course of business. Now, what is not an ad back, and I'm going to say this up front in this episode, if a buyer has lower cost than you, if they can make something more efficient, that's their value add, not yours. So if a buyer has an office space already and puts the business that they buy into that office space, then they may be saving themselves the rent. Or if a buyer knows how to do digital marketing, such as run Facebook ads or Google AdWords, and they no longer have to pay an agency to run those ads for them, that would not be an ad back uh, for the seller because the buyer is bringing that value, that skill set. So when we go through ad backs, there's actually three levels. There's level one, level two, and level three, really in the most simple terms. Now, there's also a fourth level, and that's not necessarily tied to the other three. It's what a bank considers a good and acceptable ad back if you are financing the purchase of the business through a bank. 
So I'm going to be going through one of the most common ad backs that I've seen come across my desk, you know, thousands of deals that I've seen, you know, as well as the 55 plus businesses that I have bought, as well as, you know, the thousands of businesses that many of my coaching students have seen and the businesses that they bought. But in the end, you want to think about ad backs as math and logic. So if you're a seller, you want to stay with the black and white you know, the easy to look at ad backs, right? The easy ones to explain. And if you have too many ad backs, there's going to be a lot of pushback because it's going to start to erode a lot of trust in the ad backs that are legitimate ad backs that are black and white, right? So you don't want to have a ton of gray area with ad backs. So don't blur the line. If you do, the buyer's then going to start pushing back on those ad backs. They're going to throw your PL out the window and they're going to start their own P&L. So be very careful as you go about doing this, right? It's a double-edged sword. It does cut both ways. And I've been a part of a lot of deals that the ad backs weren't added. So the seller was not getting full value for their business. And then on the flip side, there were too many ad backs and they were very strange, which eroded trust. And of course, nobody wants to buy the business because you can't trust it, right? So math and logic and the ability to trust those ad backs. So as a seller, don't swing for the fences because it will come back to bite you. So when we think about ad backs, right, level one ad backs, when you're thinking about the valuation of your company, you're going to take your net income, right, your profit, and then you're going to add those ad backs to get what's called owner's benefit or discretionary earnings, or some of them might call it free cash flow. Right, it could be the owner's salary, uh, which is really common in the you know five to ten million dollar space and below. So you're going to be able to add the owner's salary because a lot of the times the owner might be paying themselves you know fifty thousand or a hundred thousand, uh, whatever that may be. So that is part of owner's benefit or seller's discretionary earnings. So that would be an add back, right? That would be a level one add back. Now, I do want to make a clarification here that if the owner is actually doing a function, fulfilling a function that is necessary for the day-to-day -day operations of a business, you know, let's say it's a pool business and they're actually a technician that's actually repairing pools, or they're a plumber in a plumbing business, or they are a technician in a air conditioning business, or in a restaurant, they are the general manager, uh, or in the business they do uh, payroll um, and other administrative functions, well, the new buyer is going to have to replace them with a new person. So whatever that salary or the hourly pay for that person that's going to replace these functions that are necessary for the day-to-day -day operations of the business, then they're going to be negative addbacks. You will actually subtract them from the net profit as opposed to add them to the net profit because the new owner is going to have to replace those functions with a new person that's going to have to be paid vis-a-vis -vis salary or an hourly wage. Other ones that could be a two-edged sword that are really easily identifiable are retirement contributions or entertainment uh, expenses for meals and travel, right? If you have a HVAC business or if you have an e-commerce business or if you have a fabrication facility and you take your family to Las Vegas, well, obviously that trip is non-business related. 
Or if you, again, if you have a pool cleaning business, you're not taking a lot of clients out for, you know, whining and dining them for meals and dining expenses. So again, those are easier to identify personal expenses. So you may be buying some clothes or maybe buying uh, groceries, but the business has no uniforms or the business has obviously, they're not feeding their employees. So those are expenses that are personal expenses that are being run through the business. Now, a lot of business owners will run many expenses, as many expenses really as they can through their business because it helps them on the taxes. That's a two-edged sword. It cuts both ways. If you do that too much and you don't pay any taxes, then when someone tries to buy your business and you don't have any revenue or you don't have any taxable income, it looks like you didn't make any money to the IRS. And if you're trying to go to a bank, a banker is going to go off the tax returns of the business. So even though these are legitimate personal expenses that are easily identifiable, many banks may not lend you the money to purchase the business because the tax returns are saying that the business does not make money. So you really have to be careful as to how many personal expenses you run through the business if you want to ultimately sell your business at a higher valuation and have those addbacks count for both the buyer as well as the bank. So those are level one expenses. Level two expenses can be gray depending on its nature, but they're very easy to identify. These are one-time expenses, right? One-time expenses aren't going to carry forward to the new owner. An example would be a trademark, right? Sometimes people are doing trademarks, copyrights, patents, logos, and they can spend tens of thousands of dollars to be able to do this. But you typically do only do this one time, right? In most cases, this is going to be an ad back because it's not a normal course of business expense. Another level two example would be if you took out an SBA loan, any expenses related to taking out that loan, even if it was several years ago, they're not going to carry forward, meaning you're not going to have that expense every single year. Other examples of one-time expenses, maybe you had a lawsuit and you had to hire some lawyers and you settled that lawsuit. Well, again, that's not an ongoing business expense. Or maybe you remodeled the office. Again, you that's a one-time expense. You're not remodeling the office every year. So one-time expenses are legitimate level two type addbacks. Another very common type of addback, level two addback would be depreciation and amortization. Now, if you have vehicles, furniture, trucks, machinery, laptops, even intellectual property like patents and trademarks, well, you can depreciate and amortize the investment you made into those assets over the life of those assets, so across many years. But these are actually not cash payments. So you're able to add those back to the net profit as a legitimate addback. So those would be examples of level two. Now let's go into level three addbacks. This is where we're going to try to dig really deep. And this is actually, you know, probably in the biggest gray zone, right? Some people are going to accept them and some people are not. So you got to be very careful how you go about it. And of course, bankers are going to see these very differently as well. Now, a common one is something like a web redesign. As long as you're not redesigning your website every single year, these are not recurring expenses, right? These are expenses that the new owner won't have to do every year. You can add back the cost of the website, but also say, for example, you spend $50,000 on a new website and the website is good for the next four or five years, but every five years you need to redo your website. 
So you're probably going to have to proportionally add some of that back, but not all of it will be a legitimate add back. Another one would be marketing. So marketing is very nebulous. So sometimes a business owner will start spending a lot on marketing that is not necessary for every single year to spend on. So that extra additional marketing expense, some sellers want to add that back as a one-time expense. Now, you may get pushback from a buyer saying, well, you needed to do that extra marketing because it gave you additional revenue, which turned into additional profit, right? And so that may be questionable add back. And speaking of marketing, a lot of business owners have a lot of cash back rewards or points associated with that, and they'd usually try to add those back. Again, that's something that could be debatable. And one of the most common ones that I see is actually dealing with overpaid employees. That would be something like you have a brother or sister or somebody doing your books or somebody doing customer support. An example of this would be maybe a business was paying their brother like $24 an hour to do customer support when in reality, it's not really needed for $24 an hour. The problem with this is if you leave it up to the buyer, they're going to say, well, we're not going to add back any of that. If you leave it up to the seller, they're going to say, well, somebody could actually do that job and do it for $10 an hour, so let's add that back. Well, we don't really know that they, they can do it for $10 an hour. So what you really want to do in that scenario is as a seller, if you're trying to maximize the sale of your business, you actually want to replace that person sooner rather than later so that you actually have the true cost of that person. And that's common with family members uh, and family businesses. A strange one that I've seen lots of times is when they try to pass on additional savings as add back. So an example would be a business that has renegotiated their packaging, their shipping, their, and, and hence their product, right? And so if it costs you $20 a product, now it costs you $15 a product, right? So you have a $5 saving. So the seller would retroactively take that $5 savings per product sold, and take it back three years and say that you would have made that much in profit in the past because we've been doing it for three months. Now, that's a very, very gray area because there's no uh, reliability that that can continue for the foreseeable future because it's only been done for two months. And so that could be very questionable and it remains to be a gray zone because the buyer may not buy that as is something that's sustainable going forward. So those are the main categories or levels uh, in terms of ad backs. And really, you have to look at them on a deal-by-deal -deal basis. And every business, whether offline or online, service, brick and mortar, e-commerce will have different things that are more normal and more common. And something that I want to talk about that I think you should absolutely do and that I do is to recreate your own P&L. Right. If even if you're provided a P&L by the uh, the seller, you need to recreate your profit and loss statement because there is some addbacks that you will deem as absolutely necessary, and there's some addbacks that you will not accept from the seller. But there's also savings and synergies that you may see that the seller may not be identifying, which makes the deal more valuable to you. And another thing to note that goes hand in hand with you recreating your own profit and loss statement is that sometimes the seller will miss some actual obvious addbacks, right? They may miss 5,000 or 10,000 here. So for example, on an annual basis, if they miss $30,000 in addbacks, 
right? Then that's going to take away from the value of the company because you're going to be applying a multiple to that cash flow, to that seller's discretionary earnings. So 30,000 at a two times multiple, that's $60,000 of value. At a three times multiple, that's 90,000. At a four times multiple, that's $120,000 of value that you as the buyer are not paying the seller because they did not identify those ad backs. And also from a seller standpoint, you have to make sure that you're adding back at least the three levels that we talked about, specifically level one and level two ad backs, and as many level three ad backs as you can so you do not lose value when selling your business. And lastly, I mentioned a level four, and that's because bankers see things differently, right? So in talking with bankers and dealing with a lot of bankers, and I'm talking basically the ones that do a lot of SBA, small business administration type loans, right? There are some acceptable advacs, and they're the ones that you would expect. So interest, depreciation, car expense, amortization, owner's compensation, uh, those things are very obvious to bankers, and they will include those. So even if there's two or three owners, they will accept you know full compensation, 401ks, pensions, meals and entertainment, travel. If it's not for business, it's going to be for personal and, of course, charitable contributions, things like that, one-time expenses like we mentioned before, lawsuits are very obvious ones, and bankers will accept those um, as addbacks. But there are some other ones that bankers will not accept, like utilities, repairs, and maintenance. That's just the cost of doing business. If you've got a lot of equipment and it's breaking down, a lot of the times, well, that is on you as the seller, and bankers will not accept those repairs as legitimate addbacks. One thing that surprised me in talking and you know dealing with bankers is cell phone bills or communication bills because you typically see that as an addback. It's accepted for most buyers and for most brokers. And so we tend to accept that as an addback, but most bankers will not, and so they won't add it back in. Bankers actually do recreate their own profit and loss when they're going through this. Another expense that bankers won't accept is employee benefit plans. And the reasoning behind employee benefit plans actually makes sense. It is different than owner benefit, right? Employee benefit plans, you can't take over a business and all of a sudden have all your employees super excited that you got rid of all their benefits. That's just not going to work. The banks see that as a big risk. Legal and professional fees, such as bookkeepers, well, bankers will see that as a normal cost of doing business, and so they will not accept that as an ad back. Payroll expense as well is just a normal part of doing business, and so bankers will not see that as an ad back because if you have employees, you're going to need to operate the business the same as a new owner. So again, those would be level four type ad backs because it's just seen through the perspective of a bank. So in a nutshell, there's a lot of different types of ad backs. We've talked about four different levels. Some of the ad backs are very obvious. Some are more in the gray zone. And we have to differentiate what we as buyers will accept as ad backs, what sellers will accept as ad backs, and what bankers will accept as ad backs. But remember, it's math and logic and always try to recreate the profit and loss statement. If you don't think something should be an ad back, then take it off. But at the same time, understand that there are kind of some hard and fast rules or, or more acceptable practices that are commonplace. 
So I know I introduced some terminology, new terminology that you may not have heard about, seller's discretionary earnings, owner's benefit, even the topic of addbacks themselves may be new topics to a lot of you. So I hope this was very helpful. And as always, I am very grateful that you take your time out of the day and listen to this podcast. Thank you for listening. If you love the How to Buy a Business podcast, then we know you would love the Business Acquisitions Accelerator program. Here we have helped thousands of individuals buy profitable existing businesses without having prior experience, and sometimes without using their own money, in as little as 90 days. And we guarantee these results. Head on over to www.arturohenriquez.com forward slash BA.